This Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by ExtremeTerrain.com, your Jeep Wrangler parts authority for all things YJ, TJ, JK, and 2018 JL Wrangler related. Extreme Terrain is a leader in providing accurate information and top-notch customer service for the hottest aftermarket Wrangler parts around. Visit ExtremeTerrain.com today and ready your rig for the upcoming season with all the hottest Wrangler parts and accessories. Stay tuned to this episode for the latest 2018 JL Wrangler review video from ExtremeTerrain.com featuring the five reasons to buy a Jeep Wrangler JL through the link on today's show notes over at JeepTalkShow.com. Episode 321, February 22nd. 2018. You're listening to a 4x4 four four, four Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the G-Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back. Strap in. Tony, do we have an open mic tonight? Uh, don't hear anything. Oh, you mean uh, Tammy? Yeah, well, she's a little under the weather. Uh, supposed to be stomach flu. I don't know if that means there's another concert or she's really sick, though. Uh, but, that's, <laughs> but that's okay. We've got Brian from Route 1 6 here that uh, he can grab the mic and fill in for Tammy tonight. Uh, and uh, the bonus is he's going to be our interview uh, here in a few minutes. Brian, thanks for you know agreeing to be with us tonight and filling in for Tammy. Tammy, I'll try and make you proud. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Jeepers, when you turn to the almighty interwebs for that instant gratification and buying parts or accessories for your Jeep, be sure to use our link first, would you? JeepTalkShow.com slash Amazon. You'll be taken to Amazon.com where you can get exactly what you need or want for your Jeep, and the Jeep Talk Show will get a tiny little kickback for your efforts. Oh, it's almost as good as chocolate and peanut butter. JeepTalkShow.com slash Amazon. And thanks in advance. Well, can I get extra cheese with that? There are few sights in this world more horrendous than that of wasted pizza. But a Troy, Michigan man has woken up to that unspeakably tragic sight not once, but three times this month. And before you go and assume he's just some stoner that forgot he ordered 23 pizzas the night before, this man is a jeeper, and jeepers do not waste pizza. According to reports, the man told police he woke up around 4 a.m. on Monday morning to the splattering sound of countless hot, delicious pizzas being dumped and thrown. That insult to injury, the vandals even threw the, all the empty boxes belonging to said pizzas all over the man's red 2016 Jeep Compass. He also told police that this wasn't the first time. The, poli- the, the pizza pillaging punks had already hit his Jeep twice before. The man says he is, has no idea why anyone would want to deface his Jeep, let alone with something as tasty and as loved as pizza. There's still no motive behind this senseless act, nor are there any suspects. I'd venture to guess, though, that if the local pizza chains did an inventory audit, they may find some of their employees have been doing more than sneaking a slice at the end of their shift. Oh, my God. I just, you know, I felt really bad uh, whenever I heard it was a red Jeep. And then you say compass. I was like, ah, not so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I I felt more bad for the pizzas. That's what I I was going to say. That's a crime against humanity. Really, though? (laughs) The pizzas are near and dear to my heart, man. So I, I heard this, and I'm like, "When well, I'm a foodie too, I all that food going to waste. You're killing me." Hey, Brian, uh, Marines don't even eat pizza, do they? Oh, they've been known to eat a few pizzas, <laughs> but you know, we put our boxes in the trash. 
Ah, uh, then, well, I, you know, I can understand maybe putting a slice on a on a Jeep, uh, but not a whole pizza, not m- multiple ones. That's, that's a whole that's lot of motivation. I mean, 4 a.m., they could be doing anything, and they decide, hey, let's go back and nail that compass. And it really that's doesn't matter idea. what they're doing. If it's pot or, or beer, you're going to want pizza. So I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and th- we're talking more than just a a slice or two yeah. or even a, a a a full pizza or two. The the bulk of the story, the research that I did behind this, made it seem like dozens and dozens upon dozens <laughs> of full pizzas <laughs> all over this guy's jeep. Did you so, say? I mean, it's. Did you say where it was from? What uh, what no, brand pizza? No, no. I think they were being very careful <laughs> as to not involve the specific chain or or whatnot. But uh, yeah, no. This was. This is one of those things where it's just like, man, that's some people's children, I swear. I bet you it was uh, not CC's, but uh, what's the other one? The Pizza Pizza Place? Oh, Little Caesars. Yeah, Little Caesars, because it's only yeah. $5, $5, $5. hot and ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been no secret the end is near. Ever since the bomb was dropped in January that FCA CEO Sergio Marchione will be retiring, the automotive world has been all abuzz. And not because of Sergio retiring, really. That writing has pretty much been on the wall for some time for many of us. The big questions remain, however. Just who will succeed him, and more importantly, who will be selecting that person? In no uncertain terms, at the Detroit Auto Show in January, Marchione told reporters that his successor would be a male member of the automaker's group executive council, FCA's top management decision-making body. Meaning that you can stop tying, uh, typing up that resume now, FCA is going to be hiring from within. <laughs> Now, he said the the fact that neither of the two women on the council were under consideration was, quote, an inherited failure of the company's human resources, end quote. Oh. You're looking for a time frame for all of this. Well, it's just around the corner, actually. Rumors have it that the big announcement will come as early as the first week of June and will likely be coming out of Italy. The reason for this is because that's when and where the 2018 through 2022 business plan for FCA is going to be announced. No better time or place, really. If you're wondering why Sergio just can't pull a name out of the hat, well, it's because of one man, one very filthy rich man who was way too young to have that kind of money and power. A one Mr. John Elkan, chairman of Exor, the holding company that owns a controlling stake in FCA and who is likely going to have the final say on FCA's next CEO. After all, we wouldn't want to upset the shareholders now, would we? Now, one of the 17 men out of the 17 men on the higher end of the FCA council, only a handful are actually likely to be candidates. They are, in no in particular order, Alfred Altavia, the head of FCA's Europe, Africa, and Middle East region. He certainly has the credentials to continue Jeep's global domination. And there's Richard, Richard Palmer, F, uh, Fiat's CFO for 11 years and the man responsible for paying down most of the debt incurred by the government buyout. Let me go to Pietro Gorlier. His full career has been spent with Fiat. He started back in clear, clear back in 1989 as a market analyst and has been the automaker's go-to expert on its distribution network and dealerships. And he's also the guy who gets. And well, here's the guy who gets my vote. You know the name, Michael Manley. Yes. Manley has been running FCA most important brand Jeep since Fiat gained control of Chrysler in June of 2009. Now, unlike the other front runners, Manley got his executive experience while climbing the ranks of Daimler Chrysler which he joined back in 2000. He's also not likely going to deviate too far from the path that Marchione uh, has built and would likely stave off a split of Jeep and Ram from the FCA empire. But who knows? Decisions this big don't happen overnight, folks. And there's going to be a ton of red tape to sift through after the baton is passed. 
Now, who the recipient of that baton is going to be and when we're going to find out is just one of the many reasons to stay tuned to the Jeep Talk Show. You know, we think that because there's billions of dollars and thousands and tens of thousands of jobs on the line, that all these uh, all these big decisions are made for uh, very carefully and well thought out and well planned, and they probably just flip a four sided coin. <laughs> so, whatever this lands right. on, this is it's going to be. You know, at some point, you've been in in the in the business long enough that you can pretty much pick from whoever is you know everybody's going to be uh, able to do the job they have the credentials so it's really none of them are a bad choice it's kind of a crapshoot because you don't know what the market's going to be like or if they're going to go in the right direction but no all these guys are definitely bringing something a little different to the table um each one has his own qualifications and 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 points that bring up okay what kind of future is this guy going to paint for fca and jeep especially now i think that mike manley being in the head seat would be the best fit because he would have the best interest for Jeep in mind. Right. Whereas a lot of these other guys, they'll probably be looking a little bit more out for FCA's interest versus those domestically. So I, you know, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about how this is going to play out, but I really, really sincerely hope that Mike Manley gets the nod. Well, well, Jeep Jeep has been the cash cow, so it kind of makes has. sense without that a doubt you, that you'd want somebody in their blessing, continuing to keep the Jeep line blessed. So. Uh, well, I, I think, think we need to get that. Uh, I think we need to get that uh, Mike Manley interview done before he gets up to the CEO status, Josh. Yeah, really though. Yeah, and I think I think too is just you know he's probably going to be the most one qualified because there's always a uh, kind of an understanding of what the vision is going to be already. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mike Manley will be a, a great choice for that. But you never know. Uh, someone else on the board might know the guy that has a little bit more stake on the decision making, and then we're all surprised. And, and he's got that great last name. I mean, you know, Manly. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, guys, in the meantime, if you have anything you'd like to respond to from any one of our stories, or if you have a news tip that you would like to share with us, by all means, head over to our website, jeeptalkshow.com, click on our contact page, and you can find out how to send those new tip, news tips directly to us. And hey, guys, coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to sit down and get one-on-one with Brian, Route 16. And coming up later in the show, Josh is going to be talking tech talk about driveline tech. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is a proud member of the 4x4 Radio Network. Just visit 4x4radionetwork.com and learn more about the 4x4 podcast on the Trail Podcast, the Center Seer Podcast, and Trail Chasers Podcast. Hey, and speaking of other podcasts, next week is my birthday, and I'm going to be taking some time off. Taking my place for episode 322 will be Gary from Northwest Jeepcast. He's going to grab the mic and fill in for me while I'm out celebrating doing whatever I'm going to be doing. I really don't know what kind of trouble I'm going to be getting into, but I'll be back for episode 323. So in the meantime, be nice to the guest host, Tammy, talking to you. I'm just glad that they don't sell anything over there at Northwest Jeepcast, you know, products and stuff, because she'd be shopping the whole time the show was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. 
Well, I know you're confused because I don't have that uh, that nasally voice that uh, Tammy has, or the feminine voice, I should say. Uh, <laughs> but we had some a, a development happen uh, that uh, just requires a little uh, a little chat here. I think Josh, a little update. Yeah, we had a, a listener kind of write in and, and give us some perspective, if you will. Uh, that's definitely one thing that's appreciated every now and again, a little bit of insight, if you will. And and he had an experience very similar. Well, let's to set Tammy. it up. Let's set it up because there's going to be people out there that don't know the story we got to tell you got to give them bring them up to okay date. so he he had an experience that he outlined which mirrored tammy's almost identically and and it was it, there were so many similarities and so many coincidences that he had to write into the show and what we're talking about here is a long-standing kind of a little bit of inside baseball <laughs> inside joke and we're talking about a certain d-ring out of tammy's possession that uh well that left her possession and it, there's always been some debate as to whether or not it was stolen or whether she lost, lost it or whatnot. It. <laughs> but this this particular listener has given us some perspective that might shed some light yeah, on, Tammy, on this whole Tammy's, debacle. Tammy swears that one out of four of her D rings was stolen. Yes, and, and, and allegedly they, they did. Yeah, they didn't steal two of them. They didn't steal all four. They just sold one. No, it fell off. So go was ahead, Josh. Was, was was one of these purple ones? No, it was before the purple. She, yeah, I think it was before okay. before they got before they got painted. She actually, but, uh, she actually painted them purple so nobody would want them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I agree with that. <laughs> Sorry, Tammy. So, so the person uh, who wrote in, and I don't, I don't have anybody to attribute this to. I so think, if, I think if, it's best that names are left out of this. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say they, they might not want to be named anyways, but. Uh, so anyway, they go on to write. Uh, so for the longest time, I somewhat agreed with Tammy about her stolen D ring. But I recently lost one myself and also swore someone had taken it until <laughs> I reviewed some pics from that day. I have both D-rings, as you see in the picture, which is at the bottom of Turkey Claw in Johnson Valley. I noticed the missing D-ring at the top of this trail, but swore someone stole it until my buddy sent me these pictures. After reviewing the pictures, I went out and checked my other D-ring and found it so loose that a quarter turn and it fell right off. So... I am now with y'all that she just <laughs> lost it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, don't don't worry, people. We'll have those pictures up in the uh, the show notes, jeeptalkshow.com. Just go over there and you can see those pictures. Uh, some really nice pictures, man, up on the uh, some really big rocks. So we really yeah. appreciate that. And uh, I didn't need to feel vindicated, but I it was lost, I tell you. Nobody steals one D-ring. <laughs> but you know what? So, that actually brings up a good point when you're on the trail about making sure those things are tightened down. Maybe put oh, yeah. a little bit of tight on in the the screw thread there. So because when you need it, you know you want it there. So this is a, a very good point as well to make sure that those things are down part of your pre-trail trek. And I think it's always a good idea to have a couple of spares uh, in your uh, oh shit bag. Cause, Absolutely, because you don't know it, it, they yeah, may you fall can get off. them for for twenty bucks or less a lot of the time, and they are invaluable if you if you need to get some rigging created and and you <laughs> a D ring can come in way handy sometimes when you don't have anything else. So uh, yeah, it, 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 definitely one of those things you want to add at least one if not a couple to the uh, to the extra bag. So Tammy is screaming at her uh, at her phone where she's listening to this, going, "It was right. stolen!" I swear it was stolen. <laughs> she's out there <laughs> dusting for fingerprints. <laughs> did she did she put up posters looking for you know missing? I, I believe that yeah, I believe the neighborhood was wallpapered with uh, "Have you seen my D ring?" Little, uh, posters, little but. little tear offs. You know, call me if you've seen a D ring. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you don't have to dust for prints to know who this guy is. His name's Nikki G, and he's going to be coming up later in the show with some very unique, original Nikki G stuff. Stay tuned. <laughs>
Hey guys, it's Nate. No, you haven't heard from me in a while. You know, it's been like what three weeks since I was on the show, right? So I thought I'd call in and talk about synthetic winch rope. I just just heard episode three nineteen. Yeah, yeah, I'm about a week behind. But uh, well, I just had a couple of comments. Uh, you were arguing the the finer points of uh, steel versus synthet- synthetic, and uh, well, I don't know. I've I've been within feet of a synthetic rope breaking, and seeing it just gracefully fall to the ground instead of snapping back and, you know, breaking a tree in half or hurting a bystander or whatever, uh, that has sold me. I, I've always been of the opinion that you can get by on less expensive for lots of things, but there are plenty of things where the money is worth it. It's why I run the anti-rock instead of sway bar disconnects, uh, and it's why when I finally do buy a winch, which I have wheeled for the past 20 years without one, uh, when I finally do buy one, it's going to have a synthetic rope. Um, I just think it's worth it. Uh, in the same way that you say you can mitigate the snapback of the steel cable with a dampener, you can mitigate the sun effects on your uh, your synthetic rope by simply putting a cover over your winch. Um, yes, it still has to be maintained. It still has to be um, inspected, and you still need to replace it when there's frays and whatnot because that's exactly why the winch cable that I saw break broke because there were frays in it. Uh, but I still think that the safety benefits, when I when you consider that I keep my kids with me on the trail, uh, I think the safety benefits outweigh any of the longevity. Um, I'm as big a fan of spending money once instead of several times over the course of the life of my Jeep. But uh, like I said, I just think there's cases where it's just worth it, and uh, synthetic rope seems to be one of them. Besides, Tony, um, if you don't get on the trail, you're never going to need that winch anyway. <laughs> Talk to you oh, later. Bye. Man. Not true. I had to pull out a, a bush for my wife. Uh, first thing I used my winch for. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Recovery? No, gardening. Yeah, gardening. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, yeah, I don't have the the wheeling experience that you guys do because I've only been out on on the trail a few times. I did use my winch. I had to. Uh, I, it was brand new, I, so I'd had to pull somebody out of a mud hole. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was it was as much fun as what you what you think it might be. Uh, but anyway, um, the, the thing that gets me is, is that it's, it's just a lot of maintenance and I just don't see that, you know, correct me if I'm wrong on this. You put a dampener on it and the danger is really gone. I mean, depending on what you're using, if you get a hook to a chain, not a proper, uh, uh, a toe strap, uh, wrapped around properly, all those things can occur. But if you, if you've done that correctly and you have a dampener on it, if it does break, there's not any. Uh, there's more. I'm sure more danger than a than a synthetic rope. But the the dampener should take care of it. And and I mean the dampener can be a a, a floor mat. Yeah, a, a a floor mat really doesn't have enough mass behind it to act like a true winch line dampener does, which which really have pockets of sand or lead shot in them to to weigh them down substantially. And and although a, a a floor mat will work better than nothing at all, it, it still creates a little bit of a danger. I, I absolutely uh, agree with the caller there that that you know yes, there are distinct and measurable safety differences between the two. But so long as you're following proper recovery techniques and your rigging is is in good condition and you're following you know proper guidelines for vehicle recovery and whatnot then really, as long as you're not putting yourself in harm's way, you're probably going to be okay. I mean, if you're trying to pull out an F-350 out of the clay with your Jeep and an 8,000-pound winch, well, 
you're probably putting yourself in harm's way. Yeah. You see what I'm where, see where I'm going here. So right. you know, it's one of those things where as long as you're you know you're using an ounce of common sense, you can get away without having to spend a lot of money. This isn't as dangerous as uh, you having a Dania 35 on your vehicle that can blow at any given moment. So or an 0331 yeah. head, which is just <laughs> yes. you know one throttle bump away from just cracking in half and jumping out of the engine bay and eating the children on the side of the trail. Total nuclear annihilation. <laughs> you know, I look at it from also the aspect is uh, what's the tool that requires the least amount of know-how uh, for you to use. And that's what I like about the synthetic line. Uh, you know what? Anybody can grab that line, put it out. you got a closed winch system with the Fat 55 product. You know, you, there's a lot of things like the dampener. I've heard people say just put a towel on something it's going to do. But, yeah, I agree with Josh. You should have something that actually is going to have a little bit of weight on there as well. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the synthetic line because it's easy to employ. It's kind of like with uh, the Pro Eagle Jack, you know, it's on the trail. Everyone knows how to use a floor jack compared to a high lift jack. And oh, those I, are dangerous. I have a high lift yeah. and I have the Pro Eagle, and I tell you what, um, there's plenty of people on the trail that are high lifts have no clue how to use them. So that's kind of the perspective I'm looking at. What's the easiest tool that anybody can employ safely? You know, on on that note, just one more thing I want to I want to touch on with this is that I have been in some very tricky vehicle recovery situations where you don't have a direct line of pull. You're on switchbacks. You've got somebody that's you know they got twisted off their line because it's icy out or something like that. You know, and you have to get a little creative. We're talking snatch blocks, multiple D rings here, maybe even multiple vehicles in line. And you can't do that really with synthetic winch line, at least not as easily and with the readily available equipment that you'll generally find in the back of most rigs out on the trail. Now, that's not to say that the guys who you're wheeling with don't have this kind of equipment or that you don't have it yourself. But, you know, it's one of these things where you run into a group and you're the only one with synthetic line and nobody else has a winch or something like that and you need to get into a creative uh, situation with your rigging and to try and recover this vehicle, you may not be able to do that with synthetic line. And then you're going to have to, well, we need to get this guy recovered. We need to get him out and, and get him safe. And you may end up sacrificing your own safety to get to that point. And, and it's just one of those things where, yeah, it's, it's, yeah all, all that could have been avoided if you just would have had steel cable on your winch. I, I know it seems overly simple. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, perfect storm situations, yada, yada. And in case you're wondering, there, Josh signed a contract that anytime I'm being told I'm wrong by everybody, he has to jump in and save me. So that's the reason for that yeah, whole you, cable you, thing. You know, they're all valid <laughs> points. I mean, I think the big thing is, is, and it brings up the good point of making sure you're prepared for whatever situation you feel you yeah. might come in hand on the trail. You don't go out alone. You make sure mm -hmm. the rigs are able to pull out vehicles and all that. So you look at the disposition. You put the right amount of experience with the right as a trail uh, for your spotters and everything else. So, it, you know, being on the trail isn't just, hey, I'm just going to go out and put it in four-wheel drive and hit it. It is a plan. There's safety that has to be and everything that Josh brought up is a good, valid point to it. If you don't have these systems that are able to get, you know, something more technical, you should look at what you're doing. And tighten your D-rings. And tighten your yes. D-rings. There you go. There's a moral to the story, people. <laughs> it all it all comes full circle. It all comes, it comes down to full this. circle. It doesn't matter if you don't tighten that D-ring. <laughs> you got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Well, as Tony teased in a little bit earlier in the show, we are going to get into a little bit of driveline tech. Now, there's one thing that really makes our Jeeps, well, Jeeps, and that, of course, is the transfer case. 
I know, I know. You're going to say round headlights and a seven-slot grill, two doors, <laughs> all that. But come on, let's face it. There's a lot of Jeeps in this world, and sure, there are those rigs out there that might get called non-Jeeps too, but one thing ties them all together, and that's four-wheel drive. And what would a transfer case be without the means to put that engine power to the wheels? We are, of course, talking about the drive lines. Today, we're going to go over some of the more critical issues that can arise in our drivetrain, how to identify them and what caused them. Driveline damage can occur from any number of different sources. If you look under your Jeep and start grabbing and yanking on things and find movement that shouldn't be there or notice things that, well, are definitely broken, well, chances are you had a worn component or you got into some trail difficulty more than what your Jeep was equipped for. One of the most telltale driveline issues is a twisted tube. Instantly recognizable. A twisted, broken, or sheared tube can be seen a mile away and shows excessive loads to the extreme. In the case of damage like this, well... That was clearly caused by an extreme amount of force being applied to a driveline that was bound up. It's important to check for phasing your driveline too. This is a clear indicator that your driveline has been twisted. Phasing refers to the orientation of the U-joints in reference to one another. If the top of the front U-joint is more than 2 degrees from the top of the, U U top of the rear U-joint, or vice versa, well, your driveline is slightly out of phase. And if you haven't noticed the vibrations already, you will soon. Now, U-joint failure isn't too far behind either. Now, here's a technical term for you. Circumferential damage. This is caused by something rubbing on the shaft, creating stress. These stresses can act like a knife cut, and if you were ever to run your driveline up on a rock or get into a heavy load situation like trying to climb a waterfall, well, this would be the point at which that is going to fail. The cardinal rule when you're installing a driveline is to make sure that nothing will touch the tube throughout its range of motion. And I know it's easier said than done, but try to keep that driveline off the rocks, too. A dent in a driveline can turn that tube into a taco faster than you can say, oops. There are a few things in this world more troublesome than a broken driveline out on the trail. I've seen a lot of these Toyota guys using square tubing because it's cheap and plenty strong when they use thick wall stock. Inevitably, the welder has to come out to mount those flanges on these, and if you've ever tried to put a round peg in a square hole, there's no amount of Farmer John welding that's going to make that stand up to a lot of abuse. A failed weld on a custom driveline can ruin your day faster than a flat tire. If you've ever seen a Jeep stand on two tires and bounce, well, then likely you've also seen a broken driveline yoke. The yoke is the part of the driveline where the U-joint is pressed into. Those yoke ears are the weak point in any driveline, and they're going to bust apart fashion Dumbo in a tug-of-war contest if you put too much force on them. When you stand on a Jeep on, when you stand a Jeep on two tires and start bouncing it, well, you create a lot of back-and-forth shearing forces on that driveline. And when you're trying to get that Jeep to go up and forward, but gravity is having none of it, well, that's the recipe for driveline or U-joint failure. Always inspect your yokes before and after any wheeling trip for nicks and gouges or any amount of stretching. Too often, these will call the bearing caps to shift and misalign. Once those bearing caps start moving around, those ears are going to be stretched out and that U-joint is going to fail and it will likely take the yoke ears with it and, well, it could be get a lot worse from there. Many of us Jeepers have experienced driveline vibrations at least one, at least one point of our life or another. Yes, more often than not, that's because of improper driveline angles, but that's almost a whole other show unto itself. Many of us don't know the drivelines need to be balanced just like our wheels do. If you were to crawl underneath your Jeep right now and take a look at your driveline, you'll actually see weights welded on the side of it. And just like with wheel weights, they can be sheared off or plain and simply fall off. Just one ounce of imbalance on a one-inch radius driveline will create nearly 16 pounds of centrifugal force. That's like putting 16 pounds of something in a five-gallon bucket and swinging it around over your head. Yeah, things can go sideways real quick. Of course, your Jeep drivelines are significantly larger than one inch, so you can imagine how much force is created if that were to become unbalanced. 
it's a good idea to every so often pull the drive lines out of your Jeep and give them a good visual inspection. One thing to test for that is nearly impossible to do while the drive line is in the Jeep is checking for torsional play. While the drive while the drive shaft is removed from the vehicle, check for excessive twisting or play. Grabbing one end and securing the other, start twisting the joints, and if there's anything that can be felt at all as far as movement goes, well, it's probably too much. As much as one thirty-second of inch of play can cause massive problems down the road. This is also a good time and a good way to check for excessive lateral play within the joints themselves. You've ever smelt burning hair? Then you know exactly what it is. An unmistakable smell that immediately identifies what it is and where it's coming from. Now, even though a burnt U-joint doesn't give off quite as much of a distinguishable scent, a trained nose can still sniff one out. A burnt U-joint is almost always caused by a damaged attaching yoke or stretched ears or, more likely, a lack of lubrication. Those seemingly indestructible sealed U-joints are not guaranteed for life. Although they are not serviceable, they do need to be inspected and swapped out every so often should there be excessive wear. And speaking of excessive, excessive wear or excessive angles in the driveline can create all sorts of stresses that can create many different, can affect many different parts of the driveline itself. The least of which are the U-joint studs. A driveline can remain functional with a broken U-joint stud, although it won't remain functional for very long, and you should know it almost immediately. There's only one fix for this, and that's likely to replace the entire U-joint and maybe even the driveline itself. Yoke ears, they can't be fixed, and once they're stretched or broken, that's it. It's done. So is that driveline, and so am I. Hopefully, you're a little more empowered to start diagnosing your own driveline issues now, or that jeeper in front of you on the trail who's been in front-wheel drive for the last two miles. You know, I got one thing that I can uh, correct from what you were saying. You were talking about the uh, the weights that are welded onto the... Uh the uh, drive shaft yes sir Th those can fall off but they can also be stolen <laughs> <laughs> oh you sob i did not see that coming it comes full circle <laughs> yeah. folks it's full circle <laughs> yeah i won't let it go tammy no well if I'll you have will. anything <laughs> if you have anything valuable to add unlike tony maybe you have a question for tech talk just uh, jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact send us a message we'll be sure to get it all right, who's ready to trade in their old Wrangler for the new 2018 JL? Anybody? Tammy? Tony? <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> As many of our listeners this month know, ExtremeTerrain.com has been hard at work producing video after video featuring their brand new 2018 JL Usarara. Sahara, what a beauty, too. I'm jealous. These new videos, hosted by Extreme Terrain's own Ryan Huck, thoroughly investigate the new gen Wrangler through the lens of an avid off-roader and aftermarket parts enthusiast. And no, Tony, the segment isn't called What the Huck with Ryan Huck. Shucks. <laughs> In their latest video <laughs> titled Top 5 Reasons to Buy a Jeep Wrangler JL, Ryan takes you through his top five reasons on why you should make the trip, make the jump, rather, to the 2018 Jeep Wrangler JL. Come on, guys, what are you waiting for? Topics discussed in this episode include fuel economy, lighting, and the exterior design thanks to increased grill and windshield rake, and an added rear semi-spoiler on the hardtop. I bet you didn't know it had one of those. Extreme Terrain's videos dig deep into highlight and extrapolate on the subtle exterior changes. Tried and true, Jeeps featuring features carrying over from the previous JK and the new doors, which use lightweight aluminum. Be sure to catch a gander of Extreme Terrain's latest JL video at ExtremeTerrain.com or through today's show notes at jeeptalkshow.com. You know, I've watched that uh, that one video where they were talking about the power plants that are going to be in the JL, which I think I mentioned yeah. last show. Good video. Lots of good information. Uh, I got it really excited about that diesel. 
really yeah, excited about the diesel. Yeah, a lot of people diesel. are really. The numbers on that are uh, impressive. So uh, yeah, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see that in person. Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you got Dana 60s and 40s. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can use them with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with a tank of big old tires and a liar. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Hey, guys, and pro- as promised, we have uh, Brian Plummer from Route 1 6 here tonight. And uh, well, it's going to be a real interesting interview. I can just feel it. Hey, Brian, thanks a lot for being with us. And uh, uh, Josh is with us too tonight. Uh, no Tammy, so uh, we'll get along without her uh, as best we can. Well, thank you, Tony and Josh, for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, looking forward to being back on the Jeep Talk Show. Uh, first off, let's get a little bit about your background. Uh, where, where are you from originally? So I'm from uh, San Antonio, Texas. My uh, family was Air Force, so we moved around a lot, you know, and then, but we, you know, spent most of, you know, at least most of my childhood was in San Antonio, um, and then I went in the Marine Corps from there. So, but that had to have been rough uh, from the rest of the family saying, uh, Marines, really? Why not Air Force? Yeah, I just, uh, you know what, I, that's actually a funny story, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take away from anyone that serves in the Air Force. Uh, they have definitely been supportive in everything they do. But the, one, my, my dad, I grew up in uh, South Carolina, actually, uh, and my dad was at Shore Air Force Base. And they have, you know, the Air Force, they also have exercises and drills. They'll have a, you know, one side against another, at least what I could understand at, at my young age, then I might've been 10 and, uh, I, what they were doing an exercise. So I looked at my dad's side and these guys in a different type of uniform on another side. So I'm looking good guys, bad guys. And my dad was in the exercise. Hey, you know, called up my mom. Hey, let's get together for lunch. We go to lunch. And I noticed the guys who are from the opposing side that I interpreted at least they're all having lunch together. And I never understood that. And I guess that just ingrained in my mind. I said, man, I'm never going to be anywhere where I sit with the enemy. So I, that's, it's, you know, makes sense or not. But that was one of the things I just realized, like, you know, and then obviously with the Marine Corps, you know, they had Paris Island out there and the, the softball team would come play against the Air Force team and they would always win. So I was very impressed with the Marines, by the way, they played <laughs> softball. So it was uh, quite an experience to see that. So Brian, being an army brat, where did you get the chance to become a jeeper? How how early in in the stage of things did that start? Yeah, you, you mentioned that uh, you kind of been a jeeper for a long time. Well, where where did that come from? So I was actually an Air Force brat, but uh, the uh, you know my dad used to take us uh, camping and stuff like that, and he had a actually a KC five Blazer, one of those old beasts. Oh yeah, and stuff. Um, and that was my first one, and then my uncle Bill. Um, he had a big truck and he had a boat and a beard and he was a very outdoorsy guy. And just that whole environment had a huge impression on me, uh, then just getting outside and enjoying that. I, I played sports and everything, but it was something about being outside. And when I was, uh, 
you know, around that 10, 11, 12, 13 uh, year age, um, you could all, I would, you know, back in the day, we go play in the woods and you'd be gone all day. I mean, we were yeah. making forts, we we're digging all in the ground. I, I would call it a bunker nowadays, but you know, <laughs> we made these large forts, drop down pine, all that stuff. So just being in that outdoors environment and then, you know, growing up in Texas, everybody had a truck or a Jeep or something to go off-roading in. Um, and that was a big thing, too, is, you know, you put your money together and you go hit a trail, you go hunt, you go do stuff like that and uh, get outside. And then um, when I came in the Marine Corps, you know, I didn't didn't really have a car until I was in, gosh, what was that? I was in almost like six years went before I, I had my first vehicle because all the overseas trips, stuff like that. Um, and I bought my first Jeep when I came back from overseas, I was overseas for like a couple, two and a half years or so. And I bought my first XJ, um, loved it and loved that Jeep. Called it baby. It was a white one, Tony. I'm sorry. Uh, that's all right. White, white's good. It's a, <laughs> it's a good blank canvas for, for red. You just needed to put some red yeah. on it. Oh, it's what I could afford. I remember I paid $8,000 for it. Oh uh, my goodness. I paid $8,000 for it. It was an 89 and I bought it in 96 and I drove that thing till about 300,000 miles. And the only reason I got rid of it because I was living in California, had a lot of emissions. It was one of those oh, ones built in oh, Canada. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, all the emissions were going, it just, it just would not. And I, I jumped that G I did so much to it. I replaced the axle. <laughs> I went through probably three different alternators and we had to do the seals. And wait, I mean, wait, I hold would, on, did hold not on. want to let this Jeep Hold go. on just a, <laughs> Yeah, he just, just kind of glossed we, we over jump, yeah, right? Yeah, we can't glaze over, <laughs> I, I jumped my Cherokee. We can't, you can't just glaze over that yada yada, I jumped my Jeep. You know, let's <laughs> oh, tell the story about, okay. tell us the story about jumping your Jeep. <laughs> so this is good. So, uh, and I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm hoping some of the guys I used to serve with actually listen to Jeep talk show. Cause they will definitely uh, have a good memory with this story. <laughs> so when I was in the Marines, um, and one of the units I was with, we would have to go during different phases of our training. We would have to go to the range every day for months. And so, um, you're, you would have to drive on a bunch of, you know, tank trails and we'll just call it off-road trails. And being a young adventurous and a Marine, um, I'm like, well, we're not going to drive it at 10 miles an hour. I mean, it had some good bumps. I had some great suspension in it. And yeah, I would always hit this one bump and jump it all the time. And then one day it just didn't work out. I hit yeah. it really hard. I got some really good elevation. I landed all the way <laughs> on the front left tire and it snapped oh. my wheel. Jeez. And uh, bent my axle. I'm, I'm surprised it hurt. I mean, if you remember those older steering wheels too. I mean, there's there's not an airbag there. No, um, no. So, you are uh, the airbag. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it and then to you know, of course, you know, Marines take care of each other, right? Well, so one of my buddies had a Wrangler. He drives up next to me, and it was really wet and stuff like that. And there just happens to be a mud hole right next to where I landed. Oh, no. And he drove by and I'm thinking, okay, he's going to check on me, make sure I'm okay. No, my window's down and he sped up and splashed mud <laughs> all on me and Jeep. Yeah, Semper five. But good guy. Kick him good while guy. he's down. He Absolutely. Out, That's the guy code. <laughs> yeah, so he helped me put the new wheel on and we just creep into the, my unit and then yeah, it was just a little while before I got that replaced. I was, you know, saved some money to get that done. 
But I did, so and I, let- I drove that Jeep for another, gosh, probably six, seven years after that, that thing happened. Wow. Drove across so the country real, real quick. numerous times. I'm, I love real that quick. Jeep. I never wanted are, to let it we- go. Are we talking about like six, seven feet of air here? Are we talking like I just drove really fast off a curb? I mean, let, oh, let's, let's yeah. put some perspective there to this junk here. There could have definitely been an average size man under that Jeep. Oh. I, I'm, that's not an exaggeration. It was up oh, there. Up there. In fact, there was one time I actually hit, I had people in my Jeep one time, and I hit so hard. I didn't break anything, but I bowed the back seat. I had three people in the back seat with me. <laughs> it, you know, they hit hard. They bowed. It had a U for the back seat didn't care you know it still works still run and you know what take me where i need to go and the adventures were always there you sir are how jeepers get a bad name and a good name yeah <laughs> i don't <laughs> really know i was a young marine then so <laughs> that's my disclaimer well i think it's really cool that you did all this stuff to it you I mean you don't jump a jeep especially if you got a dana 30 on the front end because it's going to be smiling at you uh you get a really good op- a really good chance of it, it just it, being bent it looked good yeah it was uh yeah it was it was good uh, oh, oh taco <laughs> <laughs> well let, let, let's talk about the jeep that you have now you may have had other jeeps in between but let, let's talk about what you have now what are you driving today so i have a 2008 uh jeep rubicon so it's a jku um it's maroon i know it's last time i was on tony was like is that an off color for red it is you know <laughs> uh, you know what in it's fact, primarily red up after the show <laughs> It does have, I'm not, I think they call it like red rock or I don't even know, but it, it is something in there. Now, what they call that, I just call it maroon. I don't really claim red. It's not my flavor, but I'll give Embrace you that. Embrace the red. You did research on it. There's red somewhere in the color scheme for there that. You there you different go. Now you're getting on the same page. We'll, we'll call it black cherry. How about that? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Just not red. I was like, oh no. But uh, I, I love that Jeep. I've had it since 2011. Um, I bought that. I, you know, because I, I had a um, ZJ. I had a couple of ZJs in between. It just was not the same. Um, and uh, I always wanted to get a Wrangler, but they were too small for me. So when the uh, four doors came out, I've been looking at them, wasn't sure. And then finally in 2011, I was like, you know what, I'm going to pull the trigger. And I found this one a great deal. Uh, it was a daily driver, never really off-road or anything, and just got a great deal. And I have just loved that Jeep and done a lot with it, drove up, uh, drove you know, all up and down the East Coast with it. Obviously, you guys you know I off-road with it. And uh, I, I love that Jeep. It's, I call it Root because of the brand, obviously. Mm-hmm. So uh, speaking of root and the brand, uh, let's uh, let's get over to that. We can't just have fun talking about the uh, uh, the life and times of uh, of Brian, uh, although it seems very interesting. Uh, it sounds like you've had a great life. Uh, tell us something about the Route One Six. First off, uh, how, how did you get that name? I know I ask this every time, but it just it just boggles my mind because I never got it. I had to be explained to me what what the meaning of that was. So you got to go through that with everybody. Yeah, actually, yeah, and it's, you know what, we get a lot of compliments for it, too, and I, I enjoy talking about it. So, you know, me and a couple of people just sitting around, you know, uh, I was talking, thinking about uh, making an off-road brand and uh, wanted to be something different. There's a there's a lot of different brands out there. Um, there's a lot of similarities in logo, their name scheme and, and stuff. So I wanted to be something that was kind of creative, original, um, and then I'm just shooting out things, and I, I came up with, you know, what could go with four by four? And I think, okay, four times four, 16. So I came up with, okay, the square root of 16 is four. So four square, four by four. So that's really what it comes. You look at our logo, 
the the one with the American flag, the mountain uh, scheme is actually a square root symbol. My first logo was a square root symbol with a Jeep going up the side. But if you look at the the one with the flag and, you know, kind of like the mountain, it's actually a square root and the 16. So the square root is 16, four square, four by four. Brian, um, I'm going to stop you right there. People love it, man. People uh, love it. Because <laughs> I, I, was, I was told that there was going to be no math. <laughs> and who told you this? Was it your English teacher? <laughs> I was told. That's all I know. <laughs> well, it's it's very interesting, and I, I think that it's it's it potentially something that uh, can uh, break the ice whenever you're trying to, to tell somebody something. Maybe you give them your card, and they look at that, and they go, Route one six. What's that? So now you have something instantly to talk about. Although maybe I'm the only one that doesn't get it immediately. I'm I'm dense like that sometimes. No, it's it's very common. Most people will look and they want to know what the sixteen is. Hey, do you start at sixteen? And yeah, it, you know, <laughs> the, the company actually came to be as far as in concept and everything else in, in twenty sixteen. Um, so, but I, it just happened to be that year. But it wasn't you know had no real significance with it. Um, but people always wonder it was that and they look at it and then once you kind of tell them, they're just like, Oh my goodness. And now they feel they have a secret. They yeah. know that no one else does. It is the so kind of in the club. It's the secret handshake for the club. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, wow. You know, I didn't realize it. it. It really hasn't been that long since you started this then. And, and you're just doing gangbusters over there. Oh yeah. So we, so like last time that we were on, we probably represented somewhere around the 25, 30 brands where, and you know, the biggest thing with the vision was we really wanted to connect the off-road community. We want to do a lot of community service, stuff like that. You know, things that bridge the community together, not just be another brand that sells parts. You know, we want to go out to the events because we represent a brand that actually is, you know, part of the live in the Jeep life and, and lives in that off-road community as well. We're always out on the trail. So we did a lot of events last year, um, you know, made a promo tent, got a lot of compliments with that and really connected with a lot of groups. We're so appreciative of, there's a lady, her name's Robin. She runs a Uari OHV family and she connected us to over 80 different off-road groups. Um, and she does a lot of community service, a lot of tread lightly campaigns and just all these different, hey, getting events, getting people and brands together uh, to do different community service uh, type of events. Uh, people do for, for outreach and stuff. Someone needs help uh, resourcing and all that stuff. Um, and then I've really got to put a big shout out to Carolina Trails Off-Road. Uh, in fact, Brian, their president, is our director of operations. They're the first club that really reached out to us, connected with us, and got us involved uh, with their Yuwari uh, Invasion May of last year, and this year we're repeating it. And one of the things we did as a thank you to that club is uh, went down to South Carolina. They had a Christmas party for the club, and you know we did a no cost raffle, and we raffled off like a thousand dollars worth of products uh, just as a thank you to that club. And I can't say enough about that one specific club in general. Um, but we have really gained a lot of traction. Uh, we went from, like I said, 25, 30 brands. We represent over 600 now. When our website uh, goes live, we're going to have about 85 brands on there um, and phase in all the other ones. But to put it in perspective, those 85 brands represent over 300,000 products. So this is not a small project. This is a project based off of solid research, off of going out and just doing the knuckle dragging, getting with the Jeepers, the off-roaders, uh, from various different clubs and organization. What do you like? What do you don't like? You know, and, 
and also doing research against the people out there who have been successful uh, with their different sites and their brands. So it's been a great adventure and we're looking forward to, you know, speeding that up. And, and uh, we got a great company. I know I sent you a link to kind of like a preview of what the website is going to look like. We're very proud of that. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to getting that thing presented and going live. Well, speaking of uh, you know moving forward into the future and whatnot, you mentioned a lot about events and and getting involved with that that grassroots and really that that's where the Jeep Brotherhood is really founded from is just that word of mouth, the guy next door, you know, just connecting with the people in your town, sort of thing. What do you have on schedule for 2018? What what's this the rest of this year hold for you and Route 16? So uh, out here, Yawari is the big place uh, for us in, in this area. So that's a place that's kind of like our heart. Um, the trail season opens up the last week of March. The kickoff for the trail season is the Yawari OHV Jamboree on April 7th. We are a sponsored dealer for that event. And a week after that, uh, April 13th to the 15th, we have Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam. It's the inaugural event. We're actually one of the promoters for this event. We're working with Native Sons. They are the promoter for the event, but we're assisting them in getting the word out, marketing. Um, we actually run a special uh, Route 16 uh, promo code for Jeep and off-road clubs. Um, if they're going to the event, they can connect with us. We can get them a promo code and then... For the off-road club that actually, the Jeep club that actually has the most uh, people attend that event, there's going to be a bunch of benefits. They're going to get a special parking spot for the club. They're going to be able to put up a banner. They're going to get a trophy. Oh. They're going to make a special t-shirt for them that has them as, you know, how awesome they are. And so it's going to be more than just bragging rights. And there's going to be, I'm sure there's going to be something that carries over to the following year. But that event's going to be awesome. Um, and it's, it's going to be amazing. They got like an O course and all sorts of things happening down there. Um, so, and it's going to be something kind of, you know, very new. So, you know, people getting involved in that event is going to be huge because they're going to make next year that much better. Then we got the, uh, Carolina trails, evasion in May, um, 36 hours, your warrior race. We're supporting, uh, sponsoring that event and, uh, uh, team team true Patriot, which is a veteran outreach, uh, program working with Mike and his group out there with, uh, Patriot therapy, and they're going to have a team, uh, John, who uh, Tammy knows. Uh, they're one of the, he's one of the guys that helps put that race together. And it's an awesome race. It's a military theme race. And it's not about who completes it necessarily. It's not like, you know, start, finish, complete. It's a points thing. So you got to mm. be very calculated. A lot of challenging events uh, going on there. And uh, just an amazing time. And it's enduring. The... Uh, and after that, you know, we got a couple like Jeep meets and stuff like that. We're doing different off-road clubs. We're actually going to link up with a, a land cruiser group, believe it or not. Um, and then Top Sail Island Jeep Week is going to be a full, uh, in September, it's going to be a full week this year. So that's going to be amazing. Last year, we helped promote it. We helped put it together with them. And they invited us back. And we're so excited about that event. It is fun. It's a great place. They make a pretty I mean, it is a very challenging O course. I saw a lot of broken down rigs on oh, that wow. thing, uh, but it, it is just a great time, and the people are wonderful. And you know, with all these events, you know, the event is great. Being a sponsor for the events is great. But one of the things we do as sponsors is, and why we connect to like the Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam is so we can advocate for the people attending, like the Jeepers and the club, because. You know, some of these uh, individuals, you know, like they might be able to make one event a year. So let's make this every event that we uh, are a part of, try and make it special, try and make it affordable. 
trying to make, you know, a, an event that they can, that when they invest in it, they're getting the return uh, with that. And, and on top of it, we get to connect with all these different clubs. I mean, we met a wonderful club at Top Sale Island last year called uh, UC Jeeple, so Union County uh, Jeeple. Uh, that club started with a bunch of first responders, so law enforcement officers, uh, EMS, and firefighters and stuff. And we actually went on a uh, memorial ride with them this last fall. And I'll tell you, I was humbled. I was humbled to be in their midst. Uh, they are just a very tight-knit group, uh, very fortunate to to work with them. So so that's what's on the schedule right now. Uh, but I, I know Colin wander off a little bit, but, you know, this is a big thing for us. And we, we're not just there to, to sell products and stuff like that. We're there to, you know, raise money for some causes. We're there to connect. We're there to listen to you and find out. If you want to order some things, great. We're going to be there. You can do web orders from us and stuff. Um, but we really want to hear from the people that attend, how we can make things better. Uh, what are the things that matter to you? Um, and then look at ways we can give get you wonderful parts that are affordable for you. And, and that's it. We do not put a lot of money uh, on the top of, you know, what we sell at. We sell pretty much most of our stuff at map pricing. Um, and so we can get you free shipping, we will, and and do all that kind of stuff with you. But it's so important for us to connect with these Jeepers at this events. And if they want something better at next year's event, tell us. Because guess what? If we're at that event, we're probably going to be out there next year. That's good. A good point to make. And it sounds like you got a really full roster for 2018. And, and with as much as you're getting involved with these different brands and, and these different groups and events and whatnot, I mean, you're almost paving the way to maybe get into some of this competition yourself. Is there going to be maybe a Route 16 competition vehicle that we might see in some of these events, maybe 2019 or 2020? Oh, wouldn't we love that? I, that's some, I'll be honest with you. This year, I really would have loved to do the 36-hour Kiwari race. I was trying to get like a team kind together, but it just wasn't in the mix. There's a lot of things we have on the board that need to get done. And one of the things that we, you know, I don't want to say drag our feet on because we've been very proactively working on is the website. I don't, can't tell you how many Jeepers and Offroads, man, when's your website going to be up? Um, <laughs> because they want to support us, but we had to fire our last uh, web web team we we just they were our vision was not matching what they were presenting there i'm not mm -hmm. gonna say their name because they were good they are a good company and the end of the day we grew faster than what they could support so we had to go to somebody that was ready to act at a much faster pace as well as they had the resources to have quicker turnaround time um and you know speaking of brands casey highlights you know phenomenal brand been loyal to us uh, we're a direct dealer for them. They actually helped us out. They said, hey, you need to go check out DCI. And that's who we went with. And man, those that company has been phenomenal for us. It's also a repository to pull data. So they they just been really, really helpful. Really happy where we're at. And we're hoping in the next few weeks we're going to be live. I was going to ask you if we have a date. Can you announce a date of when those sites going to be launched? You know what? I'll be honest with you. Like, I hate putting a date on it because <laughs> I, I, my wife, man, she's like, she is the worst. I'll tell her like, hey, I think next week we're going to be good. She's like, I don't even want to hear it. So I'm hoping <laughs> my goal is by March 9th that we're live. But I'll be honest with you, the way that these guys are working, I wouldn't doubt that we're going to go sooner. So what I would recommend, if you really want to know, uh, go on the website, route16.com. So R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X.com, put your email in there. Once if you put your email in there and you subscribe to it, when we go live, you're going to go. It, it's your, you know, we might go live before then. So 
So you, you want to know. We're going to have some really great things. We're actually going to have a blog domain too, so root16.blog. And in that blog domain, this is this is the first time I'm announcing this. It's not something that oh. anyone else knows right now. Jeep Talk Show exclusive, everybody. Team. So in that blog domain, you're going to have some special deals just for the, the guys who go in, they read the blog, and there's going to be some special deals within there and special products that you're only going to be able to get at that domain. You're not going to be able to get at the .com domain. So you definitely want to check that out. Now, if you want to go read that blog, you can go to the root.16.com, click on our blog, redirect you, and there's going to be some wonderful specials. We're going to work with some top brands to get some weekly specials in there that you're not going to get anywhere else. So I got uh, two things for you, Brian. First is an idea. Uh, I think you'll like this. So at these events that you go to, what you need to do is you need to boo, do just like they used to do on Duke of Hazards, have uh, five or six of these chargers set up. What you do is you get five or six white XJs. And what you do <laughs> at each event is you get a 17-year-old kid to drive it and jump it at least six feet in the air. <laughs> and you have the root, be great. you have the you know root what? one six emblem on the side jump contest in the future how about that <laughs> that's what i'm talking about you're gonna get somebody killed man i was just <laughs> joking <laughs> yeah we'll call it the cheap talk show sponsored <laughs> oh yeah. god yeah. yeah medical bills uh, See, I can yeah. I can hear the cease and desist letters getting written as we speak. So <laughs> so the other thing is is that w you know we talked about the three hundred thousand items and uh, the the partnership that you have uh, set up uh, the the eighty some odd partnerships that you've got set up, but we didn't talk about any of the of, of who those who those people are other than KC. Uh, give the the folks a little idea of some of the the, the name brands that you've been dealing with and maybe uh, some of the big products that you guys are going to be carrying. So uh, some of the brands that have just been very loyal to us from the get-go, I mean, obviously you guys know Warren, uh, JT Brooks, you know, Casey, uh, I already talked about Casey Highlights, but uh, uh, Factor 55, Tuffy Security Products, um, Lube Locker. So those are the ones that, you, you know, you, you've heard from us a lot. But I really want to give a really big shout-out to some brands like Kurt Group Manufacturing, who represents Aries and Kurt Brands. Um, Aries makes some phenomenal products. I mean, uh, all around. So they have the heavy duty tire carrier, something that's very popular. They have the fender flares that are very popular. They have bumpers and stuff. I mean, they're, and they have just been wonderful. I actually talked to one of the reps today and, and they're just extremely supportive. Lund Industries, you know, Bushwhacker, Rampage products, Brandy's Worldwide, Yukon Gear and Axle, USA Standard. Um, that's a huge brand for us. I mean, Yukon Gear puts out some great gears and um, they, they just been wonderful. Uh, Pro Eagle, you know, SEMA Off-Road Product of the Year 2017. Um, we connected with Awesome Manufacturing, and we're getting that we have those products, and that is an awesome jack. So you probably heard, obviously, Tammy had it on the show with uh, Pat Bird from uh, Nomad Jeeps, uh, you know, doing the interview. That is a phenomenal product, and they've been a great brand. Owens Products, they were a runner-up for the SEMA Show 2017. Um you know, best top. We're not a direct dealer. I just want to get this out there. We're not a direct dealer for best top because we don't do installs. But that brand has done a lot for us, even though we haven't been a direct dealer. We we, we source them through a wholesaler. But they have been we, we need, you know, stuff for a show. We need something. I mean, we can hit hit them up and they've been great. S Pod, you know, JR at S Pod has been wonderful. Um, and I tell you, they S Pod does a lot for a lot of different uh, groups too. Them, Factor Fifty Five, um, they they really go out to support the community overall. So I have no problem uh, talking about them. 
Uh, so those are some of the brands that we're talking about. I mean, but the list goes on and on. And again, we, you know, we source over 600. So if someone goes on a website and says, you know, I really want this. They can hit us up. They can send us an email saying, hey, do you guys have it? We'll be able to probably get that. There's very few pro- There's very few brands we can't get. And usually if we can't get it directly, um, it's because, or through a wholesaler, it's because they have a firm requirement that we need to be a brick and mortar right. and not just the e-commerce. And, and that's fine. We respect that. But I'll, I will throw this out there to you. So I get this, I get asked this question a lot. It's like, hey, how have you been able to get, and I'm not, this isn't a secret. It's just the truth. Um, how have you been able to get all these, you know, um, one of the biggest things is we do not sell, and I, I'm not trying to discredit, I know you guys go on Amazon, but we don't, we don't have an Amazon store and we do not have an eBay store because one of the biggest issues out there right now is people that just trying to diminish brands value by selling below, below a manufacturer's advertised price. You'll hear it called map. That's the lowest that a dealer can sell a product. And that keeps, you know, keeps other companies in business. It keeps the product value, all that. So now if someone goes on, say, eBay, and they buy a product uh, under map, and it comes shows up defective, or it's weak, it breaks, or it does something it's not supposed to, it's supposed to be covered by warranty, and they go back to the manufacturer with that, the manufacturer always say, let, let me see your receipt, let me see what you paid for it. If it's below map value and it wasn't approved by that brand, they do not have to honor that warranty. So you might have saved that 15 bucks, but guess what? You know, now you have a dead product and it's not even saying it's an actual valid product. It could be something out of someplace else too. Um, and I'm not trying to discredit Amazon stores or eBay stores. There's probably a lot of honest ones out there, but I can show you lists that I get from all the different uh, data repositories we pull manufacturer data from that says do not sell to, and I'm telling you 90 to 95% of them come out of Amazon or eBay stores. Yeah. Wow. Well, we yeah. I've, I've run into that similar situation at work uh, dealing with a a PBX vendor that we use, and uh, uh, I was uh, trying to get some uh, prices on uh, some uh, Avaya phones, uh, and uh, they were talking like three hundred bucks. I said, "Dude, I can get them for one hundred and thirty bucks on Amazon." He goes, "Oh, oh, but they're not uh, they're not blessed. Uh, they can't sell them for that low." I said, "It doesn't it doesn't matter. I can still get them. They'll still work. And if they don't, I'll send them back." So uh, he was able to come up with uh, some refurbished. Uh, Avaya refurbished phones for about the same oh. price, so it worked out. But but I know exactly what you mean. I've heard that before, and it, it, it is a critical thing. If you don't want to have to go through the rigmarole of uh, you know re- replacing that thing, maybe paying for it twice, it's definitely something you need to consider. Yeah, and I think too, it's just the fact that these dealers, you know, they establish the value for the products that they're making. Um, you know, and that's the the the, the when you go in and you say, hey, I have this dealer agreement, I mean, that's a contract. And, oh, you know, course. I'm a person, hey, that's my word, that kind of thing like that. And so it just, and it also, it hurts other businesses because a lot of these companies, especially if you get a wholesaler agreement and stuff, they try and separate you from, you know, they don't try and put two of y'all next door. They try and separate you by oh, yeah. a large geographic space. So it's kind of like, you know, your exposure and all that. You're not trying to pounce on each other, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know what you don't want to just try and put everybody else out of business that's the other part too um is having that professional courtesy and i know business business i know there's probably a bunch of people with business degree if i say yeah that's not how i roll but that's how brian rolls i mean i want other people to be successful too 
you know, I don't need to be a bajillionaire. I, I just, I just want to make sure that, you know, we're getting out there to, to achieve our vision, helping our, uh, doing the outreach, having the, 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 the things we need in order to do the outreach that we're trying to achieve as a brand. Yeah. Be part of the community, not just, uh, somebody that depends on the community for, for dollars rolling in. I, I get you. Absolutely. I yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Global domination. Let's go. Well, I'm thinking he could run for president, say, in 20 years if he was a bazillionaire and uh, he could have the uh, have the motto, a Jeep in every pot. Hey, I've yeah, always thought right. the best platform to go. run on is the Jeep we'll platform. We'll jump a white XJ so. on inaugural day. <laughs> That's right. You if you can find one, man, they're getting hard to find. So uh, r- real quick, I just, I just can't help but think that accomplishing all of this in such a short time, you must be on the phone all the time or you've got a ton of people helping you that are all on the phones or, or meeting and greeting at these uh, events to lock up some of these uh, these vendors that you're talking about you know i have a wonderful team so uh, i mentioned brian from caroline trails off-road uh he's a director of operations so he takes care of a lot of you know making sure we're getting the right parts um making sure that you know things make sense so we're not just getting things that are you know, hey, we need an axle. Are we getting the right axles? Are we getting the things that people need? Or we get, you know, of course you're going to have some high-end things, but you're going to get the, the common things and as well as things that can form and things that people are really looking for. So Brian does a great thing about putting our portfolio together as far as parts and inventory. And just like I said, just with 85 brands that we'll go live initially with, that's 300,000, you know, products. That's crazy. So Brian's been great. Um, marketing team lead, Gretchen, uh, met her actually through, uh, the Caroline Trails as well. Um, she probably knows more about Jeeps than all of us. Definitely me. Um, <laughs> she has been wonderful. She has definitely supported a lot of different events. She goes out and, you know, connects with other Jeep clubs and stuff. I, I can't say enough about her. She does a lot of the social media stuff as well. Um, we also have a couple of brand ambassadors. Uh, Frank, uh, he's from Raleigh Jeep People uh, from that club up there. He's been great for Marine. Uh, Brian's actually a former airman. Uh, and then uh, one of the other promo uh, uh, brand ambassadors, uh, Jackson, he's from UCG people. So if you notice the trend there, a lot of people that are working with me are from just all the connections that I've made through, you know, going and just people believing in the vision, want to connect with it. And I'll tell you what, those clubs have been extremely supportive as well. Can't say enough about it because sometimes you concerned like, Hey, you know, maybe I'm taking too much uh, away from his club uh, to represent just one brand. Um, because not all, not all cheap clubs are nice. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, yeah. it might hurt some feelings, but it's just the truth. Some are more organized, some are more professional, uh, some are more mature and, uh, it's great to connect with solid clubs like the ones that I mentioned. Um, but just a great team and, you know, I can't do it alone. When I go to events like the Diwari event, I love, so I got to talk about this a little bit. So. On the Wari Jamboree, what I do is I invite a couple of rigs from various clubs that we work with, and I said, I don't care what it is. You can park it, and then we get a large space, so I have multiple vehicles parked all around the Route 16 tent. I'm actually going to have two tents now. We have the, our, our original <laughs> tent, then I'm going to have a tent where we're going to do web sales. So all around that's going to be a bunch of off-road vehicles and stuff. And then what's great, I would say half of that crew will volunteer to go out in the crowd, sell raffle tickets, help run the tents. Cause it gets busy. There'll be like three to 4,000 people that'll show up for that one day, that one event. Wow. And it gets crazy. Um, so I have that whole set of volunteers. So it's not just that team that I mentioned, but it's also the different off-road club groups that come in and support me directly or support my team and support the brand. Uh, we just cannot do it alone. And I've had just wonderful people, 
uh, you know, one that comes to mind, Michelle from Raleigh G people, man, that, that, that girl, I call her the, the, the root one, six sugar mama. Cause she buys <laughs> a lot of stuff from us, but she is a great lady. I can't say enough positive things about her. Um, and she gets people together. She gets people to help out. So quick shout out to Michelle. Thank you so much. So I'd just like to point out that, you, you know, you do a lot of talking about uh, going to these events and being supportive of the, the Jeep life and the Jeep family. And, and that sounds like a real good thing to say for a business, but it's not necessarily something that the, uh, a business may mean. But hearing that you go out and you collect people from various groups and join and bring them into the Route 16 family, I think people can see that this is truly a trend uh, and, and a model at which you're trying to uh, adhere to. So, uh, you, you, like I said, you may hear this from other companies, but it sure sounds like Route 16 is uh, doing what they preach. Oh, absolutely. I'm here to share the dream because, you know, these people, you know, they want to be a part of a dream. They're, they're the same, same way. Like we were discussed before the show, I mean, you know, there are just some things I wanted to change in my life, wanted to live uh, in a more positive way. And this brand has been that therapy and, uh, you know, same thing for them. It, I mean, it's just share the dream. That's the biggest thing. And I think this brand is able to provide that for them. And, and we have a vision that we're going to achieve and we're in it to win it. Well, Brian, you served your country for 20 years as a Marine, and it now sounds like you're trying to serve the Jeep community, and uh, I'll just say thank you for both. Uh, and this is the part where we wrap things up, and we got to find out about all the social media. You know, the kids love that social media. You talked about Instagram a while ago. So tell the folks where they can find out more uh, and, you know, connect up with you. Maybe they got some products they want you to sell, too. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? We're always eager to listen to people that have, especially that small company. If you got something out there you think you need a, a voice in the off-road community, please hit us up. You can find us uh, on email. You can hit me up at route16 at gmail.com. And remember, it's R-O-O-T-O-N-E-S-I-X at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, route16, Facebook, route16. We do have a Pinterest account one. The promo guys takes care of that. Uh, Google Plus. So we're pretty much all across the board. Uh, Twitter, um, we're all of it at Route 16 uh, at those specific platforms. And we appreciate any input. If you have an event, you have a club, and I'll throw this out again for Myrtle Beach Jeep Jam. If you have a club that will be going or attending that event, contact us. We have promo codes that'll knock. That'll take five dollars off of that event fee. Um, and uh, also, again, remember that the uh, Jeep club that has the most people that attend that event, you're going to win some great prizes. Ooh, that's a good reason to go. Sounds like a lot of fun for sure. Well, Brian, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And, uh, you know, nicely done. Uh, I don't know if you're a public speaker, but you should be. You uh, really get your message across. That's great. Oh, it's easy to do when you believe it. So uh, that, I, I'm just very fortunate to have this opportunity. And thank you guys so much for taking the time and bringing me on. I enjoy it. Anything I can do to help you guys as well, please reach out. Do you carry Atlas uh, uh, transfer cases? <laughs> I bet I do. <laughs> no, no. Interviews are always free. Well, maybe. No, no, no. It's, it's okay. They're always free. <laughs> All right, Brian. Thanks again. Thank you so much. Got to give a shout out and say thanks once again to Brian for taking the time to talk all about Route 16 and what they do. Brian, couldn't be more proud to have you on the show, buddy. Really appreciate it. Hey, just want to say thanks again, Josh. Appreciate it, Tony. Really great to be on here, and uh, hopefully I'm making Tammy proud sitting in for her. <laughs> I'm, sure she's, uh, I'm sure she's beside herself and probably a little nervous. Tammy's always worried about getting fired, which is ridiculous.
She might be standing guard on her Jeep, making sure no one else takes any of those shackles. <laughs> you're going to get in trouble. She's used to it for me, but you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> hey, do you have an idea for a guest, or maybe you want to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show? Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and share your idea for our next great guest. You know, Tony, we've actually had a few listeners send in some emails with some great oh, suggestions. Great. Yeah. yeah, no, we've had a few, and we've reached out to some of those suggestions. We've gotten some feedback. We're starting to fill up the, the interview roster, as it were. So, But guys, get those interview suggestions in. If you have an, a, a name, a number, I mean, even a company, it's like, hey, I want to hear you guys talk to BF Goodrich. We want to hear that, too. We want to know what you guys want to hear as far as interviews go. Let us know what you're thinking, who you want to hear, and we'll get them on the show. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun with our interviews, and I've learned a lot of things. Uh, for example, you know, uh, Brian, you were talking about Best Top earlier today. I did not know until we interviewed Garrett over at Best Top. Great interview, great guy. Uh, I did not know that Best Top builds the tops for Jeep. I, I didn't realize right. that's the reason why the best tops are just so great, is that, you know, Jeep is the one, you get the same quality that, that comes from the factory. Oh, yeah. And I, I tell you what, far as with Root, um, I was actually going to get the uh, NX Glide and like the vinyl. They would not let me. They're like, nope, well, you are going to get the sailcloth. I mean, they just <laughs> put out a quality thing. And I, I tell you, they have, they're a great company and they really take your feedback as well. Because that's one of the things uh, they checked in with me was, hey, how was the install? How was this? What did you like? What didn't you like? I was totally surprised from you know, I'm a very small brand, but they want that input. Well, I mean, and they're so huge. I mean, supplying all the, all those tops to, uh, to Jeep, uh, for them to take the time really says a lot about their customer service and their interest in the customer, not just the, the sale, but the reincurring business. No, we've actually Absolutely. played, uh, we've played some, I don't know, I'll call it, uh, some reviews or, or whatever customers who have, uh, listeners of the show who have shared with that, shared with us their customer experience with best top and have told us some stories of just some amazing customer service. Uh, and I've heard nothing but good things about best top and their customer service. Obviously they've been around for a very long time doing this for a very long time. Definitely leaders in the industry as far as soft tops for Jeeps go. But yeah, I mean, there's a reason for that. And, uh, and it speaks for itself. And Brian, uh, did you know that they came out uh, with a uh, a line of new colored tops, and one of the colors I, they have is red? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we have that deep in the website somewhere. I'm not sure if you're going to be able to find it, but uh, <laughs> if you need it, yeah, we'll probably get it. Embrace yeah. the red, damn it. Embrace the suck. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I just got done watching uh, Star Trek Discovery and where they talked about parallel universes, where there's a universe out there that's kind of similar but different. It got me thinking, what if there's another universe out there where there's another Jeep talk show and another Tony, Tammy, and Josh? And in that same universe, there's another Nikki G sitting <laughs> on his couch. But only that one's not drunk on tequila shots and cough syrup. Good lord. <laughs> and what if there's another uh, Sir Crafts lot? If only that one hasn't gone through the uh, neutering process yet. Yeah, I know, boy. It's, she took mine too. All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and she has them in a jar, and he gets a look at them every Friday night. Once a year. Once a year <laughs> on his birthday. 
I need to try and get him out to Uwari because I know he's, a Nor- he's he's here in North Carolina. He was there when last Cammy year. Comes down for the Carolina Trails Uwari invasion. Yeah, uh, we can get Nikki G out there and, and get kind of a photo. Oh hell, the, the three show. of you around the campfire would be an absolute riot. Uh, bring oh, up. My goodness. Go to Sam's if you got a Sam's Club there. Get go over there and buy one of those really big, huge things of aluminum foil. And just pass it out, and then take a picture of everybody with Nikki G, all wearing <laughs> all aluminum foil hats. Foil hats. <laughs> that would be awesome. It's, it's a, definitely a goal. But he was there last year. He went out there last year. Uh, I thought he. I thought he met you. Uh, met with you no, out there. No, we tried to link up. I don't think he went out to that. He did go out to Yawari. We didn't. We didn't. We weren't out there at the same time. But oh, we did try to link up. I got all right, well, let's talk a little Cherokee love. Tonight, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, well, you know, we've talked recently about uh, what size tires can I fit uh, on, on, under my Jeep, which is a common thing that you see uh, on Facebook and in uh, forums. But you got to understand something about larger tires. I mean, you can put 45s or 47s or 54s or whatever the hell the, the big tire numbers are. You know, I, I know 35s, 37s. That's, that's, that's as high as I know for sure. Uh, but uh, there's, a, there's something that you may not be aware of that whenever you put a larger diameter tire on your vehicle, you are changing the gear the gearing ratio of the vehicle and what i'm talking about are the gears that are in your differentials so anytime you put a larger diameter tires you're changing what that overall gearing is of your vehicle well okay what do i care well you're going to notice it whenever you're going up and over overpasses you're going to notice it when you're off road trying to go up and over obstacles now you get it in four wheel drive low you're going to improve uh, that gearing but it's still not going to be as good as it was from the factory well, now you're starting to get an idea of what being a Jeep engineer is all, all about. Because when you change one thing, well, let's just say it, say it this way. <laughs> no good modification goes unpunished. It's a whole series of things that you may be involved in and in getting it back to where it was uh, and getting the drivability back. Now, Josh, you've gone with 33-inch uh, tires on your vehicle, I believe. You have yeah. not changed the gear, the, uh, the, the uh, differential gears in your uh, axles, have you? unfortunately not and why do you say unfortunately tell the kids well uh for many reasons one i i live in oregon we have a lot of hills here and uh anytime you're going up a steep hill on the freeway you got to downshift uh and you gotta you gotta drop it into third or you know if you have a if i have an automatic i have the aw4 so it's got to come out of drive and into three and uh and that brings the rpms you know kicks it down in the next gear down brings rpms up and i can go up that hill with relatively as fast <laughs> as the rest of the traffic uh you know so but uh but on the trails is where i noticed the biggest difference uh because i don't have that really deep down low crawl ratio and so when i'm on the rocks and and i'm trying to maintain a line and i come up on something a, a larger obstacle and i got to get my wheel up and over this peak on this rock or something like that, I have to give it a lot more gas to get that wheel to turn with as much force as it would ordinarily had I have the same stock gearing ratio as I would if I was running a stock wheel and tire and drivetrain setup. So, so it, it's, it's really herky-jerky when you're out on the trails trying to get that torque. You got to bring the RPMs up in order to get that torque, and that doesn't necessarily equal, you know, fun and and uh, and smooth lines. So you've got the uh, three point five five to one uh, uh, differential gears in yours, correct? Correct. And that's that's pretty much the standard uh, that you see on any of the uh, the Cherokees that have the automatic transmission. 
Uh, I think it's kind of uh, the the typical one for the uh, for the standard uh, transmissions as well. Uh, unless you got a tow package or you have a four cylinder uh, engine, and then you may have a four ten. Uh, I was going to say there. if if you have a four cylinder and a manual transmission, you are almost guaranteed to have four tens or four elevens. And I think the uh, the towing package would also uh, if you had the towing package, it also came with the four tens. Four tens are really good. Four tens are. are uh, exactly what you need if you have a Cherokee uh, with a uh, automatic transmission and 33-inch tires. Now, I went with 456 uh, gears because I've always thought that in the future I'd go with 35s. Uh, we're not going to get into it tonight, but there are a couple other things you got to do to be able to run 35s on a Cherokee. Um, so, Brian, have you done anything with uh, the differential gears on on uh, on your Jeep? I don't even know what size tires you're running. Yeah, I'm running 35s, and uh, obviously with the Rubicon, I got a Dana 44. But I've been looking at it um, with like uh, Randy's Worldwide. You can use the Diff Wizard. Uh, yeah, is a really good uh, Josh. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Tony. Absolutely. Uh, well. I was just going to comment. That's a great source of information and a great website it to is. go to. Um, so using that uh, has been really helpful because what you'll do is you'll put your information into it, as uh, far as your make, model, drivetrain. Um, and then if you're looking at non-stock uh, spline count as well, you can select that, and it'll come up with the things that should be available and work with what you're doing for re-gearing and stuff. And if you're not sure, you just, it has the gear ratios that would fit with that specific axle, and you could do some research as well. But I, I'm definitely going to work with uh, Yukon Gear and Axle and do some uh, pretty cool stuff because eventually I'm going to up it up to 37s. It's just going to happen. There you go. So there what, you go. what gear ratio are you planning on going with? I'm not sure yet. Uh, I might have to consult with Gretchen. I told you that, uh, you know, she's on our team. I definitely oh, want yeah. to consult with her. Um, she is uh, extremely bright and that kind of stuff, and as well as Brian. Um, right now, I'm just looking to, you know, maintain my 35. So when I go to the 37s, yeah, we're going to definitely have to do some changes. Have you noticed an issue with the 35s? I think uh, 35 is on a no. on a Rubicon, isn't? I think the the Rubicons are 410 uh, out of yeah. the, out of the box, uh, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the, I think the big thing is, you know, I have it actually chipped too. So I went in and did the programming. And so when I go on the trail, I'll program it for, you know, the four low and all that stuff. <clears throat> and then if I do towing, I chip it for towing. So that's the other part too, is making sure that you program your Jeep for whatever you're doing for, you know, if it's just standard driving, whatnot. Um, so having those, uh, flash packs is a, a good resource. They're a little pricey for some people. I understand, but um, they definitely pay for their weight for you know, the longevity of your vehicle. So let that's me, a really a good point because you know a lot of a lot of people out there use their Jeep for many different things. They use it as their daily driver. They use it as a utility vehicle as well as their weekend warrior rig. And if you are able to dial in your drivetrain specifically for what you're doing, you're really going to get the most out of your Jeep, and you're likely going to increase the length or the the, the lifespan of the components underneath your Jeep. So Absolutely. It's doing what it's programmed to do. Um, so if you tell it, hey, this is what I need you to do, it really helps it out. So let me ask, I don't want to go too deep into this, uh, but uh, just, I'm curious. You say chip it, which is basically you're changing the, the parameters of the, the, the computer programming. Uh, to me, yep. that makes no difference or no substitute for the mechanical change of the different differentials. Uh, I understand that you may be changing the performance of the engine, but how does that make a difference as far as the, the gearing goes? I was going to say, it, it doesn't really give you that mechanical advantage. You're 100% you're right, Tony. A programmer is no substitution for proper gearing. 
Um, it can, in some cases, help put a band-aid over some things like mm -hmm. speedometer correction or like you were talking about getting a little bit more performance out of it. But it also does things like it can change shift points and, and other things to really dial in what the what the drivetrain is doing and when. Oh, okay. Um, that makes and sense. Really, really tailoring where your torque curve is in, in the RPM range for what you're doing. If you're just going to be going down the freeway at 55 miles an hour, well, then you don't need anything too aggressive. You're going to be towing. Well, you might want those shift points to engage a little bit later. Uh, if you're out on the trail, well, you might want a little bit more performance. So, you know, and you can dial everything in with these programmers, like you were saying. Um, but, you know, again, like you were saying, uh, it's it's not a substitution for the mechanical fix. And and this makes Absolutely. sense to me because this is uh, another thing that I, I wanted to remember to mention is that if you have a standard transmission, you don't have to worry so much about re-gearing. Re I mean, everything is still true. But now you are uh, able to uh, adjust the RPM because you're telling it what gear to be in. And this is exactly what uh, Josh and Brian are talking about with uh, these doing these chips because you can change the shift points and you can get a little more uh, oomph or power out of your uh, uh, lower geared transmission. Lower num numerically is, uh, is what I'm going by, which always confuses me. The higher... Higher gear ratio is better, lower, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, the, the main thing to understand here is, is that before you start going wild on your tire size, whether it's a Cherokee or Wrangler or hell, even your uh, Ford F-150 or 350, you're going to have to consider re-gearing. And re-gearing is not cheap. It is also not something that should be done by people that, uh, well, like yourself. I mean, if you've got training in it, that's one thing. But you need the tools and the experience to be able to do this, and that's why it's not cheap. So it's wonderful. With the 456 gears, the few times I have been off-road, oh, it was just a breeze going up and over things. I've never done rocks, but as far as going up over a five-foot-high embankment, I had to give it just a little bit of pedal. I wasn't even in four-low. I, yeah. I just had it in full-time four-wheel drive. And I remember the guys telling me, Tony, you got that thing in uh, part-time? No, put it in part-time, damn it. I just didn't see any reason <laughs> if I wasn't having any trouble in you know full-time. But it was. It was just absolutely wonderful. Just just barely touched the, the throttle and up and over it goes. So uh, you should seriously put that on your list of things that you should do to your Jeep if you're going to go with larger tires. Wow. Tammy got a haircut. <laughs> Shaved it even. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brian's joining us uh, from Route 16. He's joining us here at the uh, campfire side chat tonight. Uh, Brian, is this your, your first campfire? I believe it is. <laughs> oh, no. You've been camping before. It's the first one with us. <laughs> So, Brian, I noticed on the Route 16 Facebook page that uh, that your Jeep has got some new shoes. Is that is that right? Yeah, so uh, I went to an event in December. We uh, helped, uh, you know, go to an event. A true patriot was putting some on with rims uh, out in uh, the Raleigh area. I'm sorry, the, Raleigh, the Charlotte area. Um, and uh, won some wheels, and they're oh, uh, wow. toxic wheels. I don't know if you're familiar with that brand or not. Um and, uh, yeah, so I, I finally got those put on. It just finding the time and I went to an awesome shop out here in, uh, Southern Pines, North Carolina, Doug's number two and great supporter of route one six. And, uh, they, yeah, they put them on and, uh, it, I think the little chart, I think I'm going to, that whole biohazard, uh, I was going to ask, uh, I, think I was going to ask that, that Chrome just isn't, isn't for me. 
uh, I was going to say, what, what's the deal with that center cap? Are we going to do something with that? Because <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't, it so, doesn't you know, fit. I was actually going to take that off and put the round ones, but it's just an adhesive. So it's like 3M tape, oh. and I'm sure it's really good. But at some point on the trail, it's oh, going to yeah. come off. I'll, there'll yeah. be one I don't put on just that well, yeah. and it's going to come off. So well, you, I'm just going to take that what's on there. Uh, you know, it's an Allen wrench. I can pull that off and then unscrew the backing, and I can pull out that you know biohazard symbol, paint it black, put it back on, and yeah, be done with go. it. Yeah, you know that's going to come up stolen. <laughs> is that too much? Am I doing that too much? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe just one, one too many. I don't know. <laughs> But no, uh, Brian, they, they look pretty good, man. I just I had to I had to kind of call you out on that. I wanted to figure out what the backstory was on those because uh, uh, you know I didn't go through they all the research and, and reading it. But free. yeah, uh, were, were, did you put new new rubber on them or were the same same tires as you had before? No, they're the same tires. Uh, those are Toyo, but probably in about six months, so I'm going to go back to the Toyo Open Country. I mean, I really enjoyed those. I've had those on there for a few years and definitely put a lot of miles on them. Um, I'm starting to hear a little bit more noise out of them, but uh, they have performed well, uh, just kept up with rotations. You know, I do the front back and then the crisscross rotation. I don't, I don't do front back, you know, consistently. I crisscross them as well. And that's just mm -hmm. me. And I, I've been very happy with that method. When you first do it, as far as in the crisscross, it's a little bumpy. Don't get me wrong, but eventually mm -hmm. this, you know, evens out. So now, what he's talking about here, guys, will only work if you have symmetrical tires. If you've got like directional tires, right. like like the Baja Claws, this will not work. And in fact, you could do some serious damage to your tires. Uh, so make sure that your your tires are not what are called directional yeah. tires, like the super uh, They will, yeah, they will have a, they will actually have an arrow on them that will show the forward rotational direction that they're supposed to be. These can only be rotated from front to back and not from corner to corner. Yeah, you can't go from one side to the other. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, I, the only one I can think of, because I don't have a lot of tire experience. I, I buy the, the BF Goodrich tires. Um, but uh, the only ones I can think of are the Super Swampers. And you can, the arrows are the treads, because <laughs> you can see they point one yeah. way. Uh, yeah. are, are there treads that are uh, directional, but you can't readily tell it that, that need to have uh, arrows on them? To The first ones that come to mind are the Baja Claws. I know that TSW has got um, a line or two out there that I believe are directional. But, you know, your, your, your big main ones like your like uh, the, the asymmetrical uh, 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 Kevlar, um, B, uh, not BF Goodrich, good uh, lord, Goodyear. Yeah, Goodyear. Um, yeah, Goodyear's uh, MTR, Kevlar's ones. Uh, they have an asymmetrical tread design, which I've heard mixed results from people that say, don't do it. I've heard other people say, well, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where you might want to, you know, get the, get it from the horse's mouth, co contact the uh, manufacturer themselves or talk to your local tire expert, you know, go to Les Schwab or, or go to your tire center or whatever and talk to the guys there. Um, but you know, there, there aren't many, your, your, your big ones like the, like the BFG KM2s. Um, the good years, the, 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 a lot of the other, you know, um, the, uh, the STTs from, uh, uh, Cooper, you know, a lot of these, they're not directional. And so you can do this. There are some out there. So I just wanted to throw that little bit of information out there that not all tires are created equal. Yeah. Oh, that's obvious. I mean, you can see that in the wear stuff. Well, I'm going to ask you something, Brian, what's the next mod on the Jeep, man? What's, what's on the short list? What's, what's going to happen? Uh, what's going to happen next? You know, for me, I'm looking at probably upgrading my winch. I've had that worn winch on there for a long time. I know it has a lifetime warranty. It's why I love worn. 
but I'm going to probably donate that to, uh, you know, one of the, there's like a high school, like a Jeep club out here. And I, I shouldn't say high school, but there are a lot of guys, a lot of guys who were in high school together. They just been out of high school mm-hmm. for like a year or two, uh, called night crawlers. And I'm going to probably donate that to one of those guys. And then, uh, I'm going to upgrade my winch. Um, I need to get some, and believe it or not, my winch is actually an eight K. So I'm kind of breaking the rule there. Uh, little, little bit, bit there, more. little yeah. bit for that, that JKU man. That's a little underpowered, but yeah. that's okay. What do you, what do you have your eyes on? Um, you know what? I, uh, I'm probably going to go back to, to a warned, like I might look at the Xeon and stuff. Um, it, it really depends, but I'm going to, I'm going to, if I don't stay with Warren, I'll be honest with you, my backup's going to be probably super winch. Um, I've seen those things performed, uh, very happy with red on. I actually won one. Uh, it was a 10 K and, uh, the, and I'm sorry, <laughs> this super, guy, the only reason I, I didn't this gets you I to start buying me lottery tickets. It had that blue line and I'm like, uh, you know, I just, and then I was able to help somebody out that, that needed a winch and. It worked out great. You know, you're. A, I'm probably going to go back. You're a reseller. You can't win stuff anymore. You need to stop that. <laughs> you know what? It's not. I, it's I not legit. It just, it just <laughs> happens sometimes. And you know what? How, how I won those wheels? Those. Uh, so Gretchen, she, uh, the market team lead. I, I just went out and bought a few raffle tickets, and she went over and she won the raffle. And the only reason I got the wheels is because I just put new wheels on. I guess you can have them. So she got oh, like a wow. screwdriver set instead. <laughs> but, uh, Talk about a trade-off, yeah. jeez! Being a uh, being the head of the business uh, has its privileges, huh, Josh? I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so you know, I, I'm starting to understand this now. The whole idea for the 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 Route One Six business was just so you'll have parts to put on your Jeep. You just say, oh, I'll try that. Let me test that out. Let me put put that on the taxes oh, here I as still, a still got a product stuff, testing. So. You know what? I will say though, the, the manufacturers have been really good. Like I'll tell you like Tuffy, uh, is a good one. Oh, Tuffy security brand. products. I think you've had them on before too. Yeah, we have. Um, yeah, yeah. they definitely have some great products and I've had a few Tuffy items inside the Jeep now, um, that they have really helped me out with and people, that's how people need to see it. They need to see it on the Jeep because Absolutely. you show it to them in the box and some of that stuff don't make sense when you see it actually in like, especially the drawer that goes under the seat, how far it comes out. You can't. Oh, that's where that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, you're absolutely right, and uh, that's exactly what I tell my wife. Uh, I, I need oh. it. I need it for the show. It needs to be on the Jeep so I can have it. But it's a it's a podcast. They don't see what's on your. It doesn't matter. I know it's there. <laughs> all right. Well, well, pretty soon I'm going to have all my stuff there where it's supposed to be. Anyways, do you have uh, the front end back on yet? Yeah, pretty much. Um, header headers all on. Uh, the, uh, the transmission cooler is plumbed in and mounted, and and all of that. I got that in there now. Uh, test fitting with the grill, the new radiator, and everything else. Um, got a new AC condenser in there as well. Uh, and so yeah, man, things are things are coming together. Ready to ready to put the grill back on and uh, and get the the header panel back on, all that sort of stuff, and and make it look like a Jeep again. So you went with uh, the, the chrome grill. No, of course not. In fact, in fact, um, I cannot use a stock grill. I actually have to modify the grill in order to um, to to make it fit. Uh, and the reason for that is because of the the winch bumper that I designed has things mounted a little bit higher and a little bit more in than what you would find pretty much on any other aftermarket you know uh, winch bumper for a Jeep Cherokee out there. 
Uh, and the reason for that is approach angle. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to push my axle forward and go through all of that and, and trim the body and redo all my steering more than I already had. Um, and, and so I wanted to kind of increase my approach angle a little bit. And all of the aftermarket winch bumpers out there, as cool as some of them look, they just stick out really far mm-hmm. or they hang down low or the win- the mount for the winch is just, you know, right at, it's like a diving board almost. And I didn't want any of that. So my, the actual drum for my winch sits about an inch behind where the grill would go. And so I have to cut a, um, a lower, about the lower quarter of the middle section of my grill out in order for it to go back onto the, onto the header panel around the winch and everything. So. You know, you guys might know the answer to this. I, I probably could do a Google search and, and answer it myself. But have you noticed on some of the Jeep grills, they have one of the inserts usually on the driver's side, like not not the last one or not the first one, depending on how you're counting it, but the second one over, it's a different color. It could be a bright green. It could be hmm. a red if it's not a red Jeep. But, it's some, but they have, it's like they put an insert in there, uh, usually on the Wranglers that is a, a totally different color. And I've never understood why that why one grill insert is a different color. Anybody? Because all the other six were stolen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Sorry, we last you. one. Last one, I promise. <laughs> no, I think it's just oh, personalization, man. Tony. I I don't see it. I don't know if there's any rhyme or reason to that. Maybe there's a you know uh you know a live strong type of thing. Yeah, you know, maybe there's just, a hashtag behind it for some sort of a charity or something. I I don't know that if there's any specific purpose or not. Well, to maybe that. one of our listeners can uh, can let me know. I mean, I, I I can not do the Google search easy enough. I haven't done it all this time. I've been wondering. And the other thing I'm wondering is uh, sometimes I, I I see vehicles driving on there. You know, usually like vans of uh, or uh, moving vehicles, not eighteen wheelers, but like moving vehicles. I'm, although I've seen an eighteen wheelers as well. Uh, they have the word fish on the, on the back of the container. And I've never understood why it's not, it's not fancy. It's just, just plain lettering fish. And I've never understood why there must be a regulation or something like that. Maybe, maybe one of our truck driving listeners can explain to me why it says fish. I mean, obviously fish spoil, but (laughs) why does it need to be on the trailer? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that one that that one might be a, a trucker slang that I'm not familiar with. I hope it's not yeah. uh, euphemism. Well, here's something that not all of us are familiar with, and that is a rollover with the Jeep. And I actually got a a text from a buddy this morning. Uh, I was at work, and and we've had a, a fair amount of snow and ice here the last couple few days. And uh, really, a, a old man winter is not giving up uh, anytime soon out here. So, um, yeah, we've. Uh, been pretty nasty as far as road conditions and stuff go and and it's been pretty treacherous trying to get around well um you guys might remember me talking about how in january uh, a couple weeks a couple weekends here and there i was helping a buddy uh, remove some uh, a lift and all that and wheels and tires the whole kit and caboodle from his daughter's jeep uh putting it on her new jeep and uh going from one old you know from one old jeep uh, over to the new jeep and both cherokees uh, only about a year apart uh, one had gotten wrecked, and we decided to you know, pull all the good stuff off of the one and, and go put it on the other. And did it over the course of about two or three weekends. And uh, I get the picture today of a, uh, of a Cherokee uh, sitting on its top. And I'm like, oh, man, I never like to see that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, and it's just like, wait a minute. That Jeep kind of looks familiar. I know those tires and wheels. Oh, wait a minute. I know that bumper sticker. Oh, holy crap. I know that Jeep. 
And sure enough, it's the it's the Jeep that we spent all these hours over the you know three three weekends in January, uh, busting out trying to get the all these lift components and stuff swapped over. I mean, full axle swaps, front and rear, a full lift install, steering components, the whole nine yards. And uh, I mean, she drove it for what maybe a month or so, oh, that's and it's just going going down uh, one of these you know back country road hills, and it kind of where the you know kind of goes into all the trees and stuff and. And uh, it was a lot of shading and stuff, and it just the sun hadn't gotten down there, and and things hadn't thawed out. She hit a patch of ice, kind of lost some traction a little bit. Ended up putting the front uh, front corner of the Jeep into the ditch. Tried to correct, got a little bit of traction, bumped the it like hit a root or something like that. Bumped the back of it back up and onto the road. At this point, she's like sliding sideways down a ditch almost. Mm-hmm. It catches again, goes onto its side. Catches again, lands on the top, and slides across the street into the ditch across the across the way. So one hell of a ride. I mean, a flop and a ride to boot as well. Thankfully, there was somebody that wasn't all that far behind her. They stopped, helped her out of the Jeep and all that. She was, you know, a couple of very minor scratches of oh, one little small bruise or whatever. But um, it sounds like she's in good condition. There was nobody else uh, that was with her or anything like that. Nobody was hurt. Uh, it sounds like you know pride was hurt more than anything, but the Jeep is a total loss. That's a shame. Uh, Going to be oh, able yeah, to recover yeah. parts off off of it, those axles and stuff. It sounds like at the very least, some of the suspension components are going to be salvageable. Um, I don't know if all. Uh, it sounds like some That's of the steering shame. is probably jacked. Um, likely, the front control arms is probably going to be, a, and, and the springs are probably be a, all that's salvageable off the front. Um, the wheels and tires are all good. I think is what he said. Uh, there might be one wheel that got a little bit of a, a little bit of a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bend in or Rash, something like yeah. that, but to be expected, you know, so, uh, but all things considered, it could have been a lot worse. Well, at least the Jeep did what it needed to do, which was protect the occupant. You hate to see a loss like that, but you know, uh, you'll, uh, if you, if you survive, you, uh, live another day to have another Jeep. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. think she's going to be getting another Jeep though anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> she wrecked two in a year. I think oh, that's it. No I don't more. know. I don't know how you do, Josh. But the next time, <laughs> next time she gets a Jeep and say, "Nope, uh, I'm not helping you with that one because you don't take care of them." <laughs> yeah, really. No, you're you're wrenching on this one. Get get your butt out of here. Grab the socket set. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's never it's never too soon, and it's never too uh, too too honoring. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know what the future holds. I, kn- I know there's probably going to be another work party here coming up here real soon to start stripping some components out and whatnot. I'll be happy to help with that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's sad story. Uh, you know, it's happy ending. Everybody's uh, everybody's uh, safe and whatnot. Yeah. There was insurance around, so we'll find out here in the next week or so uh, what's going to be happening as far as you know payout or you know what all has what's all going to happen with that. Well, hey, guys, would you like to join in on the campfire side chat? Crack a beer. Join us. Go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Well, here we're, here's we're going to talk about some events that are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Now, this is a big one, guys. This has been going on for, well, almost as long as Jeep has been around the 56th annual Tierra del Sol Desert Safari, March 2nd through the 4th, guys. 56 years of doing this event just outside of San Diego, California. This is really one of the bigger events, guys. They are going to have over $150,000 in prizes that they're going to be raffling off at this event. That's right, $150,000. Six figures in prizes are going out on on this event. If you want to know more about this and how you can get involved and how you can get down there and get in on the fun, well, head over to tdsdesertsafari.com. We'll have the links to this event as well as all the others in the show notes for this episode. 
We got coming up March 16th through the 18th, the Reno Off-Road and Motorsports Expo at the Reno Sparks Convention Center in Reno, Nevada. This one's a really cool event, guys. I hope somebody's going to be going out there and can let us know what's going to be going down with that and how it was and all that. For more information, head over to LockItShows.com. And, of course, the big, big, bad daddy of them all, the Easter Jeep Safari, coming up March 24th through the 31st in the one and only Moab, Utah. For more information on this event, head over to the Red Rock Four-Wheelers website. That's rr4w.com. Hey, have you been to a Jeep event recently? Do you know of an off-road event coming up? Well, shoot us an email with some details. We'd love to hear from you. Just go to our contact page at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and let us know all the information. Hey, and coming up next week, we're going to have our guest Andy with Warren. You know the Warren winches that we were talking about earlier today? Well, we've got a representative uh, going to be talking to us about it. And I think it's pretty damn funny that Josh has taken off. Uh, <laughs> can't believe I'm going to miss this one. Sucks. <laughs> well, that's it for this week, guys. Until next week, be sure to follow, friend, like, subscribe, and above all else, be sure to tell a friend about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So no matter where you're wheeling, if you pack it in, make sure you pack it out and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. Remember to always tread lightly. If you'd like to learn more about the Tread Lightly principles and how you can help keep our trails and public lands open for off-road use, head over to www.treadlightly.org. And remember, do not play on or around the Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> it's just not safe. <laughs> Thanks again, uh, Brian, from Route 16. Make sure you watch for Route16.com coming out really soon. Podcasting since 2010.